This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you with advice and info that empowers you so you can make better financial decisions in your life. I hope one of those decisions is to subscribe to one of our free newsletters. If you haven't, you can do so at clark.com slash newsletter or newsletters. Both work. Both work. Today... I get to find out where I messed up in our weekly Clark Stink segment. Also, something that I'm obsessed with, fitness trackers. They don't have to cost a lot of money. You have two you're wearing? I've got my watch and I have have an aura ring now. I've I've moved. Oh, I gotta hear about your aura later. Talk about it, okay. Gotta hear about that to see if I put you in a bad way by Getting we'll you excited see. about aura. We'll, we'll talk about that. But right now, it's time to talk about where I could have done a better job for you. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Mark smells like his dog named Costco's poo. Poor Costco's got Parkland the great signature. beyond. Yeah, you did yeah. have a Costco. but We did Costco uh, wholesale Died a long time ago, so now we have Kirkland's signature. R.I.P. Clark was discussing Costco and Sam's Club and kept mentioning that Costco's max markup is 14% and how inexpensive Costco is. We, too, have a membership to both clubs, and I always feel like Costco is a few dollars higher on every item. I price compared the two stores closest to me on items that we frequently purchase. Since the brands and sizes do not match up, I used only items that were an exact match in those regards. I did add store-branded ground beef and chicken breast. I'm not sure how the formatting will display for you, but 9 out of 10 items are cheaper at Sam's. Overall, Costco was 14% more expensive on these items, and there's quite a list, and that's from Gino. Gino, thank you for doing the price match research. So... I'm a member of both clubs, as you know. I shop from both. And I do it because no one club is going to be the best deal or have the selection I'm looking for all the time. For example, the clothes I'm wearing come from Sam's Club because the Costco clothes are more expensive than I'm willing to pay for clothing. And Sam's clothing tends to be lower price points. I'm looking at your chart now. And a bunch of these items, obviously, you did the research, are meaningfully cheaper than they are at Costco. 
the warehouse clubs shop each other. So if you are shopping at a Sam's Club that's within the retail trading zone of a Costco, Sam's Club employees come in routinely. They sign in at a manager's desk to let them know they're just shopping the store. And they go around and they uh, see what items are priced, popular items are priced in Costco. And they will go back and lower the prices at the individual store. It's why if you're a regular Sam's Club shopper, if you go to different locations of Sam's, you will see different prices on the same items, depending on whether in the retail trading zone of that Sam's, they compete against a Costco or not. So if you want the cheapest prices at a warehouse club, go to a Sam's that is close by a Costco, and you will find the best prices you'll find from a Sam's. Sam's even has some wording now for those of us that are Plus members. If you go to order online with the free shipping, you'll see that there's some phrasing they use that in-store prices may be cheaper than what you see for shipping, even though the shipping is free because of the local price differential the local Sam's Club manager has. So that manager of the store you shop at is really taking an eagle eye to being price competitive with Costco to the point that you're saving money buying equivalent items at the Sam's versus buying them at the Costco nearby. Costco online has that same language too. I've seen it. Well, Costco, Costco online is really not good for items that are sold in the warehouse. They are sold at a much higher price. Costco doesn't have a system like Sam's where you can pay a higher membership fee and buy items shipping free at the price roughly equivalent to what you'd pay in the store. Costco, on the other hand, says, you know, cost us money to ship things to you. We're going to charge you a higher price if you buy Costco.com instead of Costco in the store. You recently spoke of home affordability, but only spoke of places most people don't want to live. Face it, Mr. Howard, there's a reason most Americans live on the two coasts. They have big cities full of nightlife, art, and most importantly, a mix of cultures. While home affordability is important, it's not the most important thing to millennials or Gen Z. That isn't possible in most of the middle of America. So why not speak of the recent study that showed places like Fresno and San Antonio being relatively affordable for those generations and providing the cultural needs they're looking for. You really stunk this up, Ken. Thank you, Ken. And I know there are people listening or watching in the heartland in what is derisively referred to as flyover country who could tell you about the cultural activities and nightlife and all the rest available. For example, in Kansas City, which a lot of people from the West Coast have been moving to. You give San Antonio as a perfect example. People, instead of living in Austin, which is so in, they go to San Antonio and find a lot of the cultural life at a much lower cost with less congestion than they would find in Austin. So I understand what you're saying. There are reasons so many people live on the two coasts, but to say that most everything in between is a place no one in their right mind who's young would want to live, I respectfully disagree with that. Few people wrote in about this. You discussed recently that employers like to positively advertise job cuts as it thrills Wall Street and increases their stock prices. 
I've been on both sides of these job cuts from a management and employee standpoint, and it's important to note that job cuts are not taken trivially by employers, but in most cases are absolutely necessary to remain competitive. Also, job cuts must be posted in a press release to investors and others as a requirement of SEC public disclosure laws when the disclosure may be material to investors. There are also union and state-required disclosures satisfied by these press releases. Kevin. Kevin, thank you. I think about the layoffs earlier this week announced by UPS, and UPS was talking about how many thousands, I think it's past 10,000 workers they're laying off, and talking about, in the release, how much money it's going to save the company to lay off all those people. So... Yes, it is true. The individual manager who has to look an employee they supervise in the face and tell him or her they're done, that is a painful, terrible experience. I think the people in the um, executive suite, what they call it the C-suite the C-suite. What does C-suite stand for? What's I the guess C like CEO, COO, CFO. Whatever, wherever the ivory tower people are. I don't think they really sweat it that much. I, I could don't be think wrong. that's fair. I think I'm surprised at your negativity about that. I okay. don't think so. Oh, I, I find that in very, very large companies, people in the executive tier tend to be too insulated from the rank and file and everyday worker. That's my bias. And I accept that that is a bias and a closed minded statement for me. Clark, you kind of stink because you advised Generous George to use a donor-advised fund for contributions of appreciated stock. There's no need for a DAF. Most charitable organizations will accept gifts of appreciated property. The donor gets the same tax benefits and avoids the DAF fees. And if his church does not accept stock gifts, he should help them add that capacity. In short, there's no need to go through the steps of creating a DAF as they have grown, they've demonstrated they are not entirely a positive force in the charitable giving landscape. Don't take my word for it. Check the Chronicle of the Philanthropy or Investopedia, and he links them below. I enjoy your show and hope you find this helpful, Eric. Eric, thank you. And donor-advised funds are extremely controversial in the charitable community. A lot of charities feel like money they would have received current is held away and it's a long time till they'd get that money versus when they'd get it earlier. If there's an organization you want to have all that chunk of money at one time, you're right. If the charity is equipped to be able to receive shares of appreciated stock, then give it directly. A lot of times people are giving appreciated shares with the idea of donating money over a long time to any of a number of charities and you nominate who you want to receive money each year. So the donor advised fund is really good for tax planning and for being able to give money for years to come in the future. Okay. A couple about this. I heard the episode about using an overseas SIM card while traveling. In some countries, it's harder due to national security or other reasons. If your smartphone supports an eSIM, it is now very easy to get an affordable overseas data plan while you're in the U.S. You download the app, their app, and it will install an eSIM on the phone that works in multiple countries. When you're ready to travel, you purchase a data plan for a limited duration using their app. When you reach your destination, you get high-speed data immediately and don't have to find a local provider. 
I've used, and they name a couple of them, $19 for 10 gigs for 30 days, and it worked well. And then another provider is Nomad. I use these. I found these providers in a Wall Street Journal article, VJ. Yeah, uh, so most Americans who travel infrequently do much better doing what you said. You're getting less data for the bang for the buck when you do it where you pre-purchase through one of these third parties in the United States before you go overseas. And so there's higher risk, higher reward doing it the way that I've said, where you, instead of having one of these third-party aggregators that make data available to you, where you buy data when you arrive, you tend to get a lot more data for the same money or even less money. So an experienced traveler, I feel, is best off in most circumstances just buying data when they arrive. Somebody who travels less frequently, yeah, going through one of the third-party aggregators, that's fine. And this one, I smell a real problem. When you talk about buying an eSIM in another country because your carrier doesn't work there, remind your listeners to bear in mind that any second authorization codes will not be sent to your new number, and it will prevent you from using that app, including getting cash from an ATM. Better to change the code to your email before you leave your carrier's service area, Len. Len, that is really a smart suggestion is that you set up your two-factor before you leave for banking to your email instead of to your cell phone number. That is past brilliant. Let's see. Clark failed to address the actual question of a previous Clark Stinks question. How do you reconcile enjoying the violence of NFL football when it is proven that the game causes such harm and injury to its players? Would you be able to justify dogfighting as well just because you enjoy the amazing drama? Please answer the question, Clark. I think you may just have to admit that you enjoy the game, even if it comes at the expense of the player's well-being. I'm guessing this comment has a very low likelihood of being addressed, Michael. Oh, Michael, you don't understand Clark stinks if you don't think that that's going to be read. It's funny because after the last Clark stinks about the uh, CTE, the brain injuries with football players, I was talking with my family about it and how I'm trying to process this because that was such a good point raised in the last Clark Stinks. I, I don't know what to say because the brain injury thing, uh, the focus has been on the NFL, but the brain injury thing is happening in a number of soccer, sports, lacrosse, yeah. soccer. I also don't think dog fighting is a fair analogy because the dogs are absolute victims in that case and have. You know, no, you don't need to defend. I'm me. just saying don't I, I don't me. like that analogy. That's, I hate that's dog okay. fighting. Yeah, that's okay. It speaks to the frustration and upset people have with me about it. I don't know fully how to resolve it. I'm thinking it through, and I appreciate it. And this is, I mean, you're trying to help me grow as a person, as the individual as well. The last Clark stinks. And I mean, I think about how much I enjoyed last weekend's NFC and AFC playoff games, uh, the championship games, and how much pleasure I derive from it. At the same time, I think about when I see a, a bad hit in one of those games, like in the Ravens-Chiefs game, what happens to a player long-term who gets hit like that in the head? And that is something I've really got to process. And a few people wrote about this. I'm sure you smell wonderful, but you missed a piece of advice when talking about the Amex gift cards as company bonuses. 
You advised the person to use the cards to pay bills. What you failed to say was then the money they would have normally budgeted for those bills could be saved or invested. I kept waiting for you to say that, but you never did. I'm sure it was just an oversight. Be well, Wayne. Wayne, thank you. I find that what you're talking about is a discipline that's fantastic. Most people, when they get any kind of equivalent of a cash bonus, they treat it as extra spending in their lives. And what you've said would be the best logical conclusion. But the problem is consumer behavior is when people get something like that, they just treat it as found money and extra spending. Clark does not stink, but he did overlook an important reminder to his listeners. On the podcast, a caller was receiving a text messages for a medical bill with a link to make the payment. Clark forgot to remind listeners to never click on text message links. Instead, we should log into the medical provider's website to verify if the bill is real or not. Crooks will start sending similar text messages with payment links to their accounts rather than the medical provider's account, Russell. Russell, thank you very much. And I thought about that one as well. And how often medical bills, the insurance company slow walks paying And you may get a late notice saying, you know, it's 30 to 60 days old or over 90 or whatever. That doesn't mean you pay it. You want to make sure, even if you're going the legitimate source, as you described, that uh, you get involved with your insurance company to get them to stop slow walking and pay the bill, which is fine because that's exactly what the insurance company doesn't want you to do and what the medical provider wants you to do is be your own advocate and help them get that bill paid by insurance. I appreciate so much all of you with your passion and your thought processes on the Clark Stinks. I'm not always going to agree with you, but I really appreciate the opportunity to hear from you. We are all in this together. None of us are the last word on how to handle our wallets We all learn from each other. Coming up ahead, we're going to talk about physical health instead of physical health. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, here we are at February, and already people who did New Year's resolutions have stopped going to work out. It's like the craziest thing. I used to be a member of a YMCA that I would work out at. It was the January curse for those of us that were regulars, because suddenly there wouldn't be spaces in the parking lot, and there'd be all these people. And by the third week of January, the herd was already thinning. And by February, much thinner. It's hard to sustain, to maintain. And you think about going back six weeks ago, Seven weeks ago, all the ads started hitting heavy rotation online, on TV, wherever, trying to get you to sign up for expensive gym memberships with a long-term contract. Because what they all count on is you're going to join thinking that will make you work out because the money you're paying. And then, well, you peter out. And you got that commitment still for one, two, or three years. And so what I'd like you to think about is that fitness is not something that you just spend money and make happen. There are so many things you can do that are absolutely free or really cheap. That's why every December we do in competition with all those ads everywhere we do something where we talk about free ways for you to work out and have nagging apps and stuff like that. And so in February, I want to mention that we did this just seven weeks ago. We have an article on 15 free fitness apps, 15 free workout apps, walking, running, yoga, overall fitness And uh, these are ones that work with iPhone. These are ones that work with Android, whatever. You can use them for nothing. We even have a thing where we divide them up best for beginners. If you're just trying to start a new habit or you tried to start one a month ago and it kind of fell by the wayside, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and get back in the game because You feel so much better when you're fit. This is obviously an obsession of mine, probably to the point of almost being an unhealthy obsession. Because I think back to when I had my heart operation, had my valve replacement for my aortic valve, and the surgeons, the pre-op meeting, they said, now the most important thing for you to do is immediately after the surgery is to get out and walk and walk more every day. <laughs> Give me something hard to do, doc. Yeah. <laughs> so, so three days in, I have a follow-up meeting three days after the operation. And so they wanted to know if I was walking. I said, yeah. So pulled up on my phone. I walked these many steps the first day, these many the second day, these many the third. And today I'm at 11,000 steps. 
And the surgeons look at each other and look back at me and said, don't do that. They said, wait a minute, you told me. No, what we were trying, most people just won't get out of bed after the operation. We're trying to get them to be active, but your heart's not ready for that yet. You're like, that's nothing. Yeah. So um, once they gave me medical clearance later in December, I've been averaging 18,000 steps a day since. And I feel really proud of that because I think it's helped so much with my recovery and I feel really great. Something was funny. I, I don't think I mentioned this yet. I was on a tour of a television and movie production facility and I was in a five and a half story soundstage. There's a catwalk up there and we were touring the catwalk and I go running up the five and a half stories up the stairs and I didn't even think about it till I got to the top that I never had to stop to catch my breath or anything. Before my surgery, I would have had to stop over and over again going up five and a half flights of stairs. And it was nothing for me. That's awesome. So that was good. So anyway, that's enough about me. This is about you and exercise. So fitness trackers are something that really do work. And I remember when that was the big corporate thing, like 12 years ago, 10 years ago, where the companies were convinced by their insurers that they, if they could bribe people to work out or to be active who were inactive, that their health insurance costs would go down. And so Fitbit, which I think is now owned Mm -hmm. by Google, by Alphabet, Mm -hmm. Fitbit did all these corporate tie-ins and companies would give employees the Fitbit and they track and they have contests and the winner would get so many thousands of dollars and stuff. I mean, I love that. I think that's brilliant. It didn't work. I know, but it's still, Because it was imposed from outside. Right. right. It has to come from inside you and you have to be willing to strap one on your wrist or do one of the, the ring devices. Aura used to be the Lone Ranger and now there are a bunch of them. I'm going to ask you about your Aura in a second. So these things only can do what you have them do in your life. You got to put them on your wrist and you got to let them nag you to get the extra exercise. Yesterday, uh, bad weather. I was short of steps. What did I do? You paced around your apartment. Yeah, I did. Back and forth, back and forth till I hit my daily goal. That's pretty lame, isn't it? No. However you get it done, right? So I got it done. So If you have never worn a fitness tracker and you don't want to spend a lot of money, I've talked in the past about the AmazeFit product. The AmazeFit, they're also a company that makes, does Amazon own them? Because they're always tied in with Amazon. I don't know. I mean, it looks, um, it's M-A-Z-F-I-T. Let me look. Z-F-I-T. But AmazeFit makes these imitation Apple watches. They also make... Uh, fitness trackers that cost 40 something dollars without any monthly fee. So you can strap one on, try them. And then what you'll find is that if you really love it, you'll eventually graduate probably to one of the 1 million different varieties of Garmin. It's a Chinese company headquartered in Haifei, Hefei, wherever that is. Owned by Zep Health. It's probably one of those 10 million person Chinese cities we've never heard of in the United States. Anyway, the idea is that this doesn't have to be an expensive endeavor. 
you know, you can even join these no frills gyms that don't have contracts that are 10 bucks or so a month. Just make sure how you cancel when you're done. Cause that's been a lawsuit about planet fitness is that you join really cheaply, but then they make it hard to quit even though you're not in a contract it's a hotel, California. Yeah. You can check in, you check out, but you never leave. Your wallet keeps getting money spent from it. But I want you to think about this. I mean, we're a month away from where there's the hints of better weather around the country. Get into something where you can make a difference in how you feel. You know, longevity in life is not enough. It's the quality of that longevity that really matters. So now you have seen me with my aura for four years. Yes. Finally, it's like I brainwashed you into getting an aura. Well, once I found out you can use an HSA to buy it, I decided I would do it. And oh, so you bought it in December? Yeah. And so I, yeah, I have to say I love it. And for me, I wear a watch. I wear a Samsung smartwatch. And so I just like to count my steps. I'm not like you. I maybe hit 12,000 a day, 14,000. Because you're a good smarter day. than I am. I do all different workouts, but I do love the step counting, but this is helping with my sleep. I'm shocked at how little sleep I get and just the different types of sleep, the way it measures, you know, your REM sleep, your deep sleep, your light sleep, how much you wake up. And so it really is fascinating to me, your blood oxygen levels in sleep. And so I really like it. I have to say, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I, as I do. I can't sleep with a watch on. So I decided to bite the bullet, but I'm loving it. My sleep quality has gone up so much over the four years by Aura haranguing me yeah. to live my evenings differently and follow their guide on bedtimes. I was already dull enough. Now I'm really dull yeah. by following their bedtime recommendations. But my sleep quality has gone up exponentially over the years where mm -hmm. usually people claim every year of their life past 50, their sleep deteriorates. Mine has improved because of Aura. Yeah. And, and now so, Aura has all kinds of competitors doing this stuff. And I have stuff. to pay, you know, a monthly fee. And I do go to a gym where I pay, like, for a, a membership. It's a boutique fitness center. So I spend money on this stuff. And I know this whole segment is about how you don't have to. But I do think you pick and choose. And for me, I use these things so much that I've cut back on eating out. I hardly eat out at all. And I've cut back on lots of other things. But... I do spend money on my health. I feel like it's important. So as an early aura person, I'm not paying Your grandfather the monthly didn't. fee. Yeah. I don't know when this aura dies, this is version three, if they're still going to grandfather in original aura people for aura four. We'll see. All right. We got to get some questions. This one's from Jay in California. Clark, I have a Capital One Quicksilver card, which was recently upgraded from a secured credit card. That's fantastic. Did Jay say how long it took to go from secured to unsecured? I don't think so. I, this is, I'm reading everything he wrote in. Okay. I have a credit line on this card for $3,500 and always pay my balance in full before the due date every month. I was recently looking into summertime travel through Capital One Travel and the cost of the trip is more than the credit limit I have available. I have gone through the online portal to request a credit line increase and called the Capital One customer no service and I am still not able to get the credit line increase I need to book the travel. I have the cash saved up to pay for this trip. I don't want to pay for this travel using my debit card or apply for another travel credit card as I will be on the hunt for mortgage loan in 2024 and would rather not have a hard inquiry on my credit report. 
What can be done with Capital One to give me the credit increase I need for this travel? So they're not gonna. Um, if you were secured, they release the security, they're gonna want some amount of time before they'll entertain a credit limit increase now. They're gonna wanna see what risk profile you represent to them. And I don't know what that time period is. I don't know if it's 12 months, 18 months, whatever. And here's something you may be able to do, and it depends on the issuer. You may be able to overpay the balance on your Capital One. So you go to a negative balance with them that would take you to enough credit limit for you to be able to book the trip. It depends on the issuer if they will, let's say you have the $3,500 limit, you need $5,000 in order to be able to book the trip. If you paid $1,500 up front, so you owe them a negative $1,500, would they then allow you to charge through their portal, their travel portal, the $5,000 just in theory? Don't know. It wouldn't hurt as a way for you to try. The worst that happens is that month you would have prepaid part of your balance. Also, I don't know if this is just for airfare, but if you're trying to book a package or book everything at once, you could book the airfare one month, then the hotel the next month. If you, can, so you, if can, you can divide the components, yeah. Jeffrey in Georgia says, is there a recommended way to sell Delta Sky Miles? I've accumulated about 750,000 miles. I don't have any plans to use them for travel. And I was wondering what the easiest way is to cash them out. I have a friend who's interested in buying them from me, but we haven't found what would be a fair amount. Any help is appreciated. So the value in the marketplace, uh, Delta Sky Pennies, is they're now derisively referred to because Delta has devalued the value of their points so much is about seven-tenths of a cent per mile. Selling private sale to a friend, I'd say a penny a mile would be a fair amount. So that would be a ratio that'd be okay. Now, you don't tell anybody that you're selling those points. That violates the terms of service of every one of these frequent flyer programs. Instead, you just sign into your account. Jeffrey, you're sitting there with your friend, and you're looking at the travel your friend wants to book. You book it, and then somehow, magically, your friend gives you the penny a point value. Now, the problem Delta with the extreme devaluation of their frequent flyer program, the problem is depending on the travel, your friend may not even be able to get a penny of value per point. It's going to depend on the route and the class of service. Delta has so devalued their sky pennies for international business class that the value of the points is a joke. The real value is going to be uh, international premium economy or economy or economy and potentially front of the plane domestic on Delta. Paul in Virginia says, now that going.com, formerly Scott's Cheap Flights, LOL. I think he's... <laughs> Make fun of how upset you are about it. What did you do? I will never. Am I ever going to move beyond that? I don't think so. I am. Paul. Paul knows it too. So Paul says now that Going.com is moving to a more limited service for non-paying customers, are there any alternative free travel deals websites that you recommend? So if you love travel, 
pay going. They are, I've subscribed to several of these. I pay for all of them. None of them are as good as uh, Scotch Cheap Flights, formerly known as now going. <laughs> they do a great, great job. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to reduce the value of the free product so low that you'll go ahead and pay. So like fish hook and mouth, I'm saying if you want the deals, pay their subscription price because what they do is really, really great. They do a phenomenal job giving you that heads up on deals that you're not at this point going to find anywhere else. And Scott Kai's why did you do it? You know, but to answer the question, free, I mean, I would say you could, uh, on Facebook, there are lots of groups you can join of people who are searching for international yeah. flights and good deals. There are people, there are groups for people wanting to use points. There's lots of communities like that you could but join. But there's nothing like right. getting the alerts. If the whole idea is a deal pops up, you want to grab something that you would not have been able to do otherwise. That's what they're there for. And they have a lot of employees now. It's an expensive operation to run. If you love to travel and you especially love to travel at real bargains, pay them for the subscription. I said it. Yep. I said it. I mean, we started talking about all the free ways to become fit yep. physically. Mm-hmm. And now I'm saying spend money. Well, so to you can save, save money to save money on yeah. travel. I mean, if you're an armchair traveler and you know yourself and you're going to see me and say, wow, isn't that a great deal to Panama, but I'm never going to go to Panama, then don't spend the money and just use the bare bones free alert service. But otherwise, if you really want to take the deals, pay the subscription. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Remember what we're about. You learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Have an outstanding weekend.